0: won't be safe in Joe Biden's America. Because Donald Trump adds fuel to every fire. We condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry and violence. It has no place in America. Because he won't stand up to any form of violence. To anyone who acted criminally in this weekend's racist violence, you will be held fully accountable. Antifa's an idea. Those who spread violence in the name of bigotry strike at the very core of America. He's got no problem with right wing militia, white supremacists, and vigilantes with assault weapons. But many people in that group, other than neo Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And I'm not talking about the neo Nazis and the white nationalists because they should be condemned totally. Racism is evil. And those who cause violence in its name are criminals and thugs, including the KKK, neo Nazis, white supremacists, and other hate groups that are repugnant to everything we hold dear as Americans. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it,
1: All right. I think we're all ready uh, to have our president back. It's not going to be as fast. It's not going to be as fast. Like we said, six plus six is four and two. So here we are. It's May 14th. Boy, that month kind of flew by almost like we're manipulating time. Now, for those of you that are on the other platforms, such as Um, Well, Facebook and YouTube, I will have to disconnect because we're going to be premiering um, a new video uh, by Tom McDonald and it's his new song. So for those of you still on those platforms, come on over because we're going to give him some love and show his new uh, video and music. I'm excited to see it. I like to have surprises. Uh, kind of like yesterday. Uh, so for those of you making your way back uh, back onto Twitch and Trovo, yesterday I had Patrick Berge with me. Uh, we went through a few things together, did a lot of things together, like uh, in regards to work, okay? He's got a girlfriend. Um, <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Um, he's off to do his book now. So we did a lot of things Let's just say Quicks is going to be flipping things on their head really, really quickly. So, on that note, let me disconnect those platforms um, that will not allow us to show Tom McDonald. So, hopefully, you guys can make your way onto um, Twitch or Trovo. And so, here we go, guys. I can't wait to hear this and see this. I didn't. I waited to watch it with you. So here we go. Let's get this going. I'm really excited to see it. Um, there we are. And boom. Dear Slim, I thought you might
2: have heard of me maybe. Because lately everywhere I turn, someone's comparing us crazy. I never would have thought when I was bumping Biggie and Pac that I bleach in the a box and become the product of Shade. But I'm here now Hi, my name is Tom McDonald People call me controversial I'm the one that counterculture follows Every song I drop's a problem I offend an awful lot with topics Commenting on race and politics I'm pretty awesome Dear Slim I know we're very different politically Seems like some of your biggest fans Are the victims I'm triggering They're convinced I don't like you Which ain't consistent with history I was picked on as a kid And they don't know what Slim did for me But I'm here now And I fight the system just like you Was addicted to pills and liquor And quit them just like you People claim that you hate me But Marshall, that can't be right, dude You'd have to hate yourself as as well as Marshall, I'm you Marshall, remember back when you became M M&M? and You changed the world with a pen. Well now I'm just like you. I don't give a white saying what I want with my fingers up. Everybody triggered and they think I suck. But I don't give a white nan nah, and nah, nah, nah. I do give a white name nah, 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 nah. Dear Slim, I thought that maybe because you paved the way for me You might relate to weight that Caucasian rappers are carrying They're constantly comparing us to you, it's embarrassing Never gaining their approval, it's just hate we're inheriting But I'm here now, go ahead and hate it, don't hurt Call me culture vulture, garbage, those are ignorant words I kill a vulture, cook the poultry in a pan till it's burnt See Marshall, I'm just like you, I'm flipping the bird Dear Slim, I just wanna give you your flowers I spent hours memorizing, I love your songs in 2000 You were the reason I screamed it, I love my teachers A teen I needed, your CD on repeat. repeating Shady space on my t-shirt, but I'm here now Call me controversial just like you We're both white, both red, both of our eyes blue Screw any guy who tries to say you changed and don't like you Cause in my mind it's still 99 And I'm you Marshall, remember back when You became Eminem You changed the world with a pen Well now I'm just like you I don't give a what saying what I want with my fingers up Everybody triggered and they think I suck But I don't give a what (laughs) But I don't give a what? Na, 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 na. Whether you love me or hate me, I think I'm crazy I <laughs> the a hundred grand to get a beat from Shady. Shady I really hope when I bought it he wasn't angry But I really had to tell him that he changed me <laughs> The truth of the matter is, without you, Marshall, matters I would've committed suicide before I was a rapper You showed me that I could do it I didn't need to be black or I know it's stupid But I just had to do my best to say thank you Marshall, remember back when? You became M&M. You changed the world with a pen. Well now I'm just like you. I don't give a what saying what I want with my fingers up. Everybody triggered and they think I suck, but I don't give a what. But I don't give a what. Well, I Marshall, sure. remember back when you became m M-M. and you changed the world with a pen well now i'm just like you i don't give a what saying what i want with my fingers up everybody triggered and they think i suck but i don't give a what nah, 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 nah. But i don't give a
1: what nah, 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 nah. ding that was good because eminem did sell out he was a controversial he was inspirational and then he was signed and signed his whole soul away too. So I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, that was a, <laughs> that was really good. And I really hope Eminem really tries to hit back at him because he's got nothing. Um, Nova Rockefeller is Tom McDonald's um, girlfriend, FYI. Um, so that was a great video. I actually really enjoyed it. So, I thought we'd start off today. We're going to have a lot of premiere. So we've got that. And then we got Dianon's new tune too. Um, that's coming in during the intermission. Uh, there's a lot that we could talk about. But I, if I could just spill a little bit of tea. So you all know we have this, you know, infamous laptop. But what's interesting is that all of Team America have separate skills. Different skills. Uh, so we've got Lieutenant Scott Bennett. Uh, he's a, he's a money guy like me, right? Um, but he's more money. He's the only one that I can see eye to eye on UBS. Uh, nobody ever talked about that. I had an internship at UBS, so I know what I'm talking about when it's UBS. Uh, hence why I said, um, if anybody really wanted to nail uh, Bill Taylor, um, you know, all they had to do was knock out his UBS card and it'd be all good. <laughs> so, um, Yesterday when I saw Patrick, I looked like a hot mess. Uh he arrived in the evening. I had cooked some food. Um, I used the tandine, so I made some really bland couscous because I made some wicked ass lamb. <laughs> and so we ate, we talked, and um we exchanged info. Uh gave him a bunch of stuff because there's a lot of stuff that people don't seem to understand that are on your computer. So aside from your emails and pictures and documents, there's um, every single hotel you went to leaves a footprint. Every single Wi-Fi network you went to leaves a footprint. But there are very, very few people that can investigate router information. There's about four of them that could piece that stuff together that I know of and that almost everybody knows of, and there's four of them on this planet. One of them is Patrick Berge. So, that, that is what's up. So, uh, we got talking on that. We got talking on Quix. Um, That is going to be, that's going to tip cyberspace on its head. Completely. Completely. So that's going to be very interesting. Now, having said that, and I'll say this publicly, because I had said this to many up front. If you've got a problem with router information, because apparently Maricopa County doesn't have the passwords for their routers. Of course they don't. Duh. Uh, That's okay. We've got Patrick Berghain. And Patrick Berge, even if you wipe your router, you can find out every little detail and piece it back together. So as I said, Team America has a variety of skills. So we've got Tori with energy and money. We've got Lieutenant Scott Bennett with money and psyops. We've got um, Dr. Pigeon who's all about the law and the words and wordsmithing. He's pretty good. Um, well, he's way better than anyone I've seen so far in my life. We've got Gavin. Well, he's on that energy slash physics slash time travel stuff with me. And then we have Millie who keeps us all together. She can speak geek. Well, she, she has trained all of us how to speak geek. And then we have counterpart. Counterpart is a genius too. Counterpart is like the shadow of the shadows. So that's, that's our little Quig team right there. Um, so it's a good thing, you know, we have someone um, like Millie, who understands things because she knows how to ask the right questions. So it makes sense because I find many times I, I speak um, with other individuals in regards to specific topics. And it's like, you know, you know, when you have numbers, you go from one to two to three to four to five to six, right. And so on, but I'll go from one to like five and then back to three and then boom, I'm at a hundred. (laughs) And they just like, Hmm. What is it that you don't get? And it's like, I don't know, maybe the 50 things in between that you need to explain. Uh, so when having discussions and working, it's um, it's different. So um, yeah. So the only thing I can say about Quicks is that Bergie's theory of Gavin having created the time machine and me having stolen it to come back to this time, maybe making more sense, but you'll know more about that in 2022. Um, uh, So there's a lot we could talk about today. I want to revisit history a little bit so we can see what's coming, but I also wanted to um, put together um, something that was, that was fascinating because I hadn't seen anything from John Cullen in like forever. So let me take you back in time, personal time. This is 2010. There was a, a video game that I had um, uh, uh, sat in on. Just so you know how far ahead this has been planned, it was twenty 2009, 2010. So there was a back end chat room of uh, of a um, app, and the app was trying to contain a disease. I kid you not many of you may know it. And so this map had John Cullen's work in it. Um, A lot of us geeks had gotten in. For me, it was more of a, how can I make it really, really difficult, you know, for someone to contain a disease, like the predictive analytics. And obviously, it was always showing origin in China, but it was deceptive. The origin was somewhere else. So... I thought I would start today's show um, with one of his videos and then further down we'll have more because this is going to be uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, was it called The Plague? They changed the name so many times. It was like contagion. You know, I'll actually text my daughter, Hera, while we watch this to ask her the name of it because I had her playing it and she was stumped. But she found a way to stop it somewhere So, you know, she gave me hints on how to, um, you know, add on. Now, most of us that worked on this um, worked on it anonymously, contributed anonymously. um, And that was good because then they would never know that I was there all along. Uh, So (laughs) um, I want you to watch this. And for those not watching, you can listen. It's quite impactful. And um, when he has his hashtags, I'll read them out to you.
3: To navigate the path ahead, we've always relied on those who see things differently. They show us that the possible can be a matter of how you see it. Today, as change accelerates and complexity grows, now more than ever, we need those who can see what others can't to find our way forward. Over the years, many who see differently have shared with us how they see the future. Their vision continues to inspire us.
4: I learned map making in the United States Navy to help peacemakers. Avoid battle in the first place.
5: We are
6: creating a better connected and better informed citizen. Jobs are going to require higher levels of thinking and decision making. So GIS is important because it helps students to be lifelong learners.
0: This is polio, a devastating disease which we can wipe off the face of the earth. That shows the power
7: of GIS to help us change the future. I think the absolute cutting edge of map making has to do with mapping the
8: brain. These are gonna be some of the most intricate maps humans ever built.
4: Join together with our minds and our hearts. There will be a different world, one that will be happy that your grandchildren and mine will have on into the future.
3: Together, we have the power to choose the way forward. We have the power to see what others can't.
1: Hashtag I am John Cullen. Hashtag I blew the whistle. Is Dr. Fauci keeping secrets? This is Kansas, population 2.9 million. Over 5,000 dead. This is China, population 1.4 billion. Less than 5,000 dead. Beijing, China. Total deaths, nine. China. Total deaths, seven. Coronavirus cases in China, 90,000. Deaths, 4,636. Recovered, 89. Kansas, 311,000. Cases, deaths, 5,000. Recovered, 299. I built the map. I am the maps daddy can't fool me Fauci John Hopkins says Alabama has more dead than all of China what is this fake news John Muir Anderson Cooper Rachel Maddow Sean Hannity only 35 people dead in Vietnam but they have a hundred million people fact check this I'm John Cullen less than 10 people dead in Shanghai is that true? Still? Less than 10 people dead in Beijing. Is that true? Still? 268,000 dead from influenza this season. Influenza associated pediatric stats are showing lies of omission. I am John Cullen. We won't stop. He has a Patreon. I am John Cullen. And a subscribe star. I am John Cullen. He has his YouTube as John E. Hoover. He also says that all charts, tables, analysis, and deductions are the property of John Cullen, not Alex Jones. All right. So that was John Cullen. That was pretty awesome. Because Fauci's in a lot of trouble. Fauci is being called out. And suddenly the CDC is like, yeah, you don't need to wear masks if you've got a vaccine. And then we have crazy DeWine trying to coerce people. You use the word coerce. Remember that coerce. We need to coerce people. Remember we had that on yesterday, coerce people. So, um, they can take the vaccine. It's like, nobody wants it. So let's throw lotteries. They threw free donuts. Some losers fell for that. Sure. Free donut to just become a lab rat. Hey, here's 40 bucks at target, right? Oh, guess what? You're going to get some help with your taxes. another, illegality. And now it's like, we're going to use federal uh, taxpayer dollars to create a lottery that doesn't include everyone because we said so. In the meantime, we have all of them telling us what's happening. Well, let's look at another video of John Collins. This time it's about Mr. Cuomo himself. Mr. Cuomo, you got a minute? That's the title of the video. Let's take a look. Do you have a minute, Mr. Cuomo? Shanghai and Beijing have 16 dead total. Cuomo has
6: 46,593
1: dead. All of Korea, 1,553 dead. Cuomo is New York, 46,593 dead. Governor Cuomo, is it true that New York State has more dead than any of these countries? Indonesia, Pakistan, Nigeria, Bangladesh, Japan... Ethiopia, Egypt, and the Philippines. Who's lying, Andrew? We are the news now. Wow, I did not see that one coming. I had not watched it that long. That's what's up. I am John Cullen. That's excellent. Excellent, excellent, isn't it, guys? Just putting those numbers down so that people can see it. Um... It's on his uh, YouTube. Like I said, it's uh, John E. Hoover. And you can find all his work there. And he's got a premiere coming along. Is this true about Rhode Island? Damn. Don't you just love that truth coming out? That truth. So where are we now? We have uh, rumors of war, preparations of war. I mean... What's best? Your COVID cover stories are failing, right? You're rushing to put every single American on the list of experimentation. And yet, here we are, all of us, still thinking that this whole hack that happened. Remember, here's where we're going to talk a little bit about what happened at the elections, okay? Here's where truth is going to come out. Now, you're going to be upset. But... I've told you that for 20 years, over 20 years, (laughs) because we've got elections in 2021, they've been stealing your elections. If you could vote, there would be no chance in hell that they would let you do it. Okay? I want to make that clear. So now while everyone believes that they stole this election just to steal the election, right, which they were going to do anyway, one has to sit and think, all right, What have I told you? Same thing I told all of them in November. You're so freaking dumb without spelling it out because I couldn't trust anyone. So let's revisit things we've talked about in the past before. But first, remember this. I had said, doesn't it seem weird that they act so crazy, so blatant, such blatant theft, right? Do you guys remember that? Uh, hold on. Let me show you, um, I showed you guys this, um, clip and you know, it was important because this is exactly what they were doing to us, right? Suitcases, markers, not pens, you know, so blatant that there was no way you weren't going to chase it. So even though I was angry and all the people going after the blatant fraud, right, I was there telling them, look, this has been done before. The only reason Trump won is because some people knew how they fix shit and they took care of it. But this is not about stealing your election. Now you're going to see what's up. See, they were doing something like this while uh, the elections were going on.
2: Perhaps you have not seen um, someone with a very funny retardation. My brother Billo
8: have a very funny uh, retardation. Uh, and
1: mental retardation, you know, causes a lot of pain and hardship for a lot of families. Sometime my
2: sister, she show her
1: vagina to my brother Bilo and say, You will
2: never get this, you will never get this, la, la 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 here behind...
1: That's what they were doing. Exactly this.
2: La 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 la, here behind this cage, crazy, crazy, everybody laughs. She goes, you never get this. Uh, but the uh, one time.
1: Yes, that's what they were doing. You will never get this. You will never get this. You will never get this. Well, I think it's time we revisit a sounding of the alarm that I put together in 2019 and then again in 2020. In 2019, I sent this off to the White House. In 2020, when it happened, I kept asking, why is this happening? Why is this happening? So I think the best way, I was just going to tell you, but I think the best way sometimes to have you hear it. You know, proof is in the pudding, right? Let me find it on Tori said. It'll take me straight to the audio. <clears throat> April 10th, 2020. This was the first one that came up, so I'll just play that one. Listen carefully. underneath all of this rubbish no one is paying attention to what is happening did you know that google had gone and applied to the doj to the department of justice to actually use underwater cables did you know that yes they did They actually had uh, the Department of Justice had filed a petition with the FCC because of Google's application to operate a subsea cable. Remember, for one for some bizarre reason, people think that we're only relying on satellites for communication when it's really old school. See, nobody thinks of how these things operate. We actually have a cable that runs from the East Coast out to Europe. Europe, out to Africa, and from the West Coast out to China, Japan, Australia. It's cabled underwater. So uh, on behalf of, you know, the DOJ and the Department of Homeland Security, the department told the FCC that, uh, you know, the well yeah that agencies <clears throat> shouldn't oppose google's application to operate pacific light cable network system B- listen to it p l c n s connecting the united states to taiwan for the next 6 months what? pending the deposition of the disposition of the license application wait there's more hold on Set it again hacking our pacific underwater cables allowed to by the FCC. I mean, come on guys. How can our president, how can our president even see half of the stuff that's going on? He can't, and consider that he has, let's pretend, 10 people that keep their eye on the ball for him because he can't be everywhere at once, right? I mean, I say it, even in my own personal life, you guys, if I had 10 clones, I still wouldn't have enough time for myself. So imagine the president right now, (laughs) how he is. That's what people need to think of. Well, there's more. Hold on. 17. About an hour ago. We'll, we'll we'll listen to that and talk about that a little bit. Um, And we have conservative censorship and, you know, we talked about it on the Tory says show about three months ago. If, if, if the people in their positions, like in the FCC did their job We wouldn't have Google tapping underwater cables in the Pacific. It's almost as if, you know, we're just giving access to China, Europe, et cetera. So all are upstreamed, every single bit of data. But okay, I digress. So now I want you to take a think. I want you to take a think. I want you to take a very good think. This is one of the most important episodes and most naked episodes I'm putting out. I want you to take a think now and share this far and wide. Do you think that all of this was about the election? Do you think it was about stealing the election? Well, yeah, they definitely needed it, Ed. And they're definitely pulling through. But when they did that, who is to blame for what happened? Who gave the authorization for China to have direct access to our networks? You heard it. I told you. And I have said many, many, many times, we can deal with a corrupt executive office. We can deal with a corrupt legislative, but we cannot deal with a corrupt Justice Department. The Department of Justice urged every single agency to allow Google to take control of those underwater cables. Now, yesterday while I was talking to Patrick, I was expressing to him conversations that I've had with people who are still looking into this hack and looking into Italy and looking into all these things and satellites, and I was like, damn. Talk about throwing dust in everyone's eyes. While they're looking for the stuff to have left the East Coast to go to Germany, what they didn't realize is, they never go forward in time, they skip. It's kind of like time travel, only it's laundering time. If you remember when the elections happened, systems and elections closed from east to west. Yes. So it was regions. Boom. Boom. Now, if you revisit, if you revisit an old article of mine from 2018 on big league politics. I gave you everything in there. I gave you the server's location in Germany, which was part of and housed under the CKMS. I gave you Talia. I gave you Hurricane Electric. I gave you the exact damn IP address where they sat to hack the 2016 elections and were stymied. That article is riddled with everything. And a lot of people say, your writing is atrocious. Yes. But I had a very patient editor, Patrick Howley, who I simply adore. That guy has an insane mind. I simply adore him. Now, I want you to think again, though. Why the questions and the discussions we had, I was like, dude, they keep saying satellites. And it's like, that's so dumb. There's latency. It would have been a drop in the packets. This is BS. And I'm like, they definitely used fiber The only place that doesn't have low latency is a very secret location we have in Europe that nobody uses except for very, very important people that have visited it and seen it with actual zero latency. It looks like you're right next door to each other. So then I thought, well, this is how they did it. This is how I'm going to lay it out to you because I'm going to tell you what they did. And then I'm going to tell you why they did it. As the polls were closing, we saw different regions. Specific, I would like to call them, oh, how do you call them? Shoot, I would say a knot, but it's not not. Ah, oh, that's a mathematical. Nodes, there we go, nodes. So the eastern region, northern and southern, have their own nodes. Midwest has their own node. Mountain, Pacific, and then Alaska and Hawaii. Now I want you to pay attention to the states. And where the elections got stuck, stuck. Those were nodes. Those nodes were dumping data to the one before them. So we went from East coast to dump the data in Michigan, dump the data. You see, dump the data, dump the data, last port of call, dump the data, Alaska. That's why Alaska hung. And from Alaska, the data was packaged and shipped underwater straight to Taiwan through these fancy, sexy cables. Then from there was bounced to that super secret server that we have or location of servers that we have bounced off with fibers to that European station that had a final destination of Germany. Now, what were they collecting? Well, now let me... See, when did I say it? I'm pretty sure I told you guys without scaring you. Um, let me see if I have it on. Toy said it was, I must have masked it when I said it. I'm pretty sure because that was really important. Clue, I didn't want to die yet. <laughs> Give me a second. Um, 2019, 2019. Okay, I did mention it June 2019. December 2019. Okay, let's go with June 2019. June 30th, 2019. Here we go. In Denmark right now, and in Sweden, this is a pilot program where people participate voluntarily to decide or predict how they want their children to be and they do genetic profiles. Now, here's the kicker. Looking into 23andMe and um, Ancestry.com, they actually use numbers like that because they want to use certain percentages without providing identifying information so that in the next couple of years, they can reach out to US citizens you know, without knowing who they are through these companies that they registered to say that your genetic profile matches favorable outcomes, blah, 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 or strong genetic lines, we'd like to speak to you. Now let's go to December 5th, 2019. Do you know that when you read your right your consent to treat when you go to the doctor, ask for the small print. In there, you'll see that you allow them to keep your pictures and DNA information on file for at least seven years. And they can share that to federally approve things. Federally approve? Like what? Hmm. Makes you think. So while you're in the hospital because you trip, you're, you're, you tripped and fell on a sidewalk... Right? Think about it. Let's go to that terrifying. uh, What are you talking about? You must be crazy thought you trip and fall and you go to the hospital You sit down and they realize that you are an exact match for Rockefeller and he needs a heart or George Soros and he needs a liver or a lung or a kidney or intestine, anything right? Or an eye. And you're a perfect match because you wouldn't even have to take immunosuppressants because your blood analysis that I just took, your blood to see, you know, if you have white blood cell count or whatnot, the DNA hit a match. Now that was the episode from December 5th, 2019 titled organ trafficking. Funny. It's also in the news, but let's go to this one. This is from April 4th, 2020. Makes sense.
9: Okay. So here's another one from Jonathan Shaw. It says, that's why they were pushing ancestry.com so hard. I've always felt they're trying to catalog us. So Tori, uh, what do you think? Uh, do you think
1: they're cataloging us? I mean,
9: they have been 23 and me,
1: uh, you know, was actually owned by the wife of the dude at Google. Like, come on guys. It's not rocket science. Yeah. So that was my interview with Millie on April 4th, 2020. wait, There's more. Hold on, because you guys need to understand what it is that they were getting. There's a lot of references, but I think this one's pretty good. September 4th, 2020. Ways to take that portion of the DNA that makes you smart and silence it. Okay? Everything, there's always a reason behind everything. So what you have to also see is that ancestry.com 23 and me that works with Google, you know, ancestry.com just sold all your information to the military industrial complex. Oh my God, Rick Grinnell with his sexy satchel. Let's- <laughs> that was an episode where he was coming on and I kind of let you know, military industrial complex, general Jones bought all of ancestry.com's data. Now, Keyword here. Because now is where I can show you who's really got the goods. What was it that the Maricopa County said that that why they didn't want them to be on the routers? Uh, Because they had health information and other information of people. So now let's all sit back and look at the U.S. map on election day. And we're going to ping from east to west. That's what's up. It had nothing to do with the elections, guys. They were like, look, 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 look. We got suitcases. Look, 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 look. We're going to set it up. Look, look, look. While they were stealing your fucking data. That's what they did. And it ended up in General Jones's CKMS contract in Germany. That's what's up. Now, anybody else telling you anything different obviously has no idea what they're talking about. The byproduct was them stealing the election the priority was taking all your information to crunch the numbers this is where it comes full circle, full circle 3 years of me talking about this because using another platform even though it was very effective waking people up it also created a lot of conspiracy theorists that relied on it like a bible and in the future i could tell gavin remember that? So don't be mad that I steal it. (laughs) So again, that's what happened. They stole your data. They stole everything. What was I telling you the COVID testing was called? DNA harvesting parties. Didn't I? Didn't I? I did tell you. And now months later, what is everybody saying about the tests? They are what? Oh, DNA testing kits, aren't they? I called them DNA harvesting parties in 2020 in March. So for anybody out there telling you they've been giving you the news, that's bullshit. Let me tell you something. If I have your health records, your police records, your internet data, your search data, your all your biometrics, and crunch them in a computer, I've got an equal version of you in a digital way. And it's better than you because guess what? I know every deep, dark corner of your mind. I know where you go from your phone. I know everything there is. And then the vaccination, well, this one is just the primer to make the other stuff stick. You see, this is why you're gonna need top-ups. So again, three years, of people pushing aside, this is one of the most important episodes because I have many others that put it all into perspective. And thank God for the Patriot I created the TorySaid.com site. Because you can search it. And since I do have some subscribers on Subscribestar, I can pay for the Simplecast platform so I don't have to flip it on them to make a move to Megaphone. Even though it kills my numbers in regards to podcasting, because if people listen to it on Simplecast, my numbers drop. doesn't matter. It's about information, right? And this is really important. This is why we played that video of the Chief of Disguise, The CIA. And what did she say was the cure to all this nice fat EMP. But the thing is, they've already thought about that and all that shits up in space anyway. So whatever that's gone. So while everyone thinks that all this stuff was being done, right. To steal the elections, the elections was a positive thing for them. And flex their muscle to show just how strong they are. You see, that's what happens. That's what happens. So for the record, anyone else telling you anything different? Oh, they just wanted to stop Trump. Yeah, they did. But it's not the first time they try to steal the elections. And if you want to know where Brennan was on the day of the elections in 2016, you need to look at my article on big league politics, where I showed you right where the fuck he was in Virginia on a dot with an IP address. Period. I have it right there. In 2018, I put it out there. That's what's up. So many people that I know. Scratch their heads. What's this? Right? There was a person that I had a conversation with in December. Tell you, and I, and I mentioned it to Bergie. I'm not going to mention that person's name. Right? You guys all know the, the person because they're, they're everywhere on TV. And I said, how about that GameStop? This is, this is I think it was after their birthday, but before Christmas. I don't want to check right now, but it was around there. Um, How about that GameStop? And that was so random. And I was like, I'm going to drive that. That's what's up. And that was done on purpose to be able to show a proof to them when I needed to cash that in later. Because it seems that You know, we're so stuck in what we've been taught that we can't see truth, even if it knocks us in the face, gives us black eyes and a bloody nose. We're still, you know, focusing on shit they feed us. Bottom line is, they stole the elections. It was a positive product. They needed to steal the elections. But even though President Trump was president, they were still screwing us over. Because like I said, in that show three years ago, he's won person, one person and all around him, nothing. And I didn't make mint. If you make profit off of things that you reality hack, it pings back to you tenfold, kind of like a paradox if you get my drift. So really wish I did. I can't. So this is What happened? They stole your data. Your data is the most expensive. You know why? You know, because Patrick has said this before, and people don't listen. You know, he's so like, "Mm," right? And whatever. But I love him, because this morning, we were having coffee before he left. It was an awesome sunrise. That's how early we got up. And you guys know from my telegram what time I go to bed. So... We were having coffee, and um, we were just, it was like, damn, right? Next year, this year, senators like Matt Gates, for example, he had everything. He had ShadowNet in his hand. He knows the power of data because they won't even need you to show up at the polls. They've got you so inside out. Sally May's freaking... Pers- virtual persona has already voted for her. I don't give a shit what you say. You could turn up at the polls. Your vote's already been cast. They know if Sally May is going to go check to see if her vote mattered. So they're going to know. And more likely, they're going to know that Sally May is going to complain, so they won't auto vote for her. But if Sally Mae won't complain, and they'll know they won't do it for her. That's the way it is. They don't even need you anymore. Now they can give you an illusion that you're just doing everything. And this is why I always say, don't give anything to PACs. Don't give anything to the GOP. I mean, DeWine sat there and said, of course I'm a Republican. Yeah, you are. You're the face of the uniparty that pretends to be another party. Controlled opposition, ergo. So, uh, that's what we got to say. And then we have to deal with shit like this. This just terrifies me. You ready to see this? I saw this and it blew my mind.
0: All I can say is that 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 the the fake fake news news just just doesn't get it, it, do
1: they?
4: They don't. They don't. Uh, Wow, this is something else. This was produced with Our Taxpayer Dollars. Believe it or not, this is a recruitment ad for the United States military, the Army.
9: It begins in California with a little girl raised by two moms. Although I had a fairly typical childhood, Took ballet, played violin. I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age.
4: Uh, I was served in the military. We don't really care where you came from. That's one of the great things about the military, you know. But just and by the way, that's uh, quite a bold stand. It looks like Joe Biden's lawn. Remember back on Valentine's Day, love each other, respect everyone. Wow, that's uh, gutsy stuff. What's next?
9: When I was sick, I left her paralyzed doctor said she might never walk again, but she tapped into my family's pride to get back on her feet, eventually standing at the altar to marry my other mom. With such powerful role models, I finished high school at the top of my class and then attended UC Davis, where I joined a sorority full of other strong women.
4: As Someone's having fun with this. I- it's kind of irrelevant again uh oh by the way the two moms uh, weren't married they got married much later um whatever right more last
9: but as graduation approached i began feeling like i'd been handed so much in life a sorority girl stereotype sure i'd spent my life around inspiring women but what had i really achieved on my own one of my sorority sisters was studying abroad in italy Another was climbing Mount Everest. I needed my own adventures, my own challenge. And after meeting with an Army recruiter, I found it, a way to prove my inner strength and maybe shatter some stereotypes along the way. I'm US Army Corporal Emma Malone Lord, and I answered my calling.
4: Congratulations, Emma. The only one who's carrying a stereotype seems to be her, walking around with all that stuff and putting it before you. We just didn't care about that stuff in the military. We really didn't. I was there in the 90s, and uh, all kinds of people were there. Trust me. Uh, You want to see a real commercial that'll make you possibly want to join the Marines?
3: We offer another path. Where the battle to belong begins. Awakened by a calling. United by purpose. Defined by the cause you fight for. What
2: you, you got to get over you
3: No one can ever take away uh, your understanding. What it means to be. Among the few, the crowd,
1: the Marines. Das, what's up? Hoorah. Uh, uh,
4: you want to join, don't you? That is motivational. Then again, it was done in the late stages of the Trump administration. Who knows what my Marine Corps is working on now? Fingers crossed.
1: You just watched Newsmax TV. Well, I can't see our Semper fies? <laughs> I should hold back on that one. I really should. <laughs> but I trust my jar heads. You know, it's a good thing that they're what does it stand for? Marine stands for my ass rides in navy equipment. Thank God. Because someone's got to keep the Navy in check, right? Because the Army's about lost their mind. Um <laughs> Sorry to my daughter who's surfing there, but they have lost their mind. Air Force is so far gone. You think that was bad? <laughs> you need to go and see what the Air Force is doing, how they're uh, dealing with people. And don't forget, the Air Force, they get a ribbon for completing boot camp. No offense to my birds. I'm just saying. And the puddle pirates seem to be in puddles far, far away lately, as you noticed we were in Ukraine, in the Middle East, and you're just like, mm, I didn't know that was our territory. Our coast is not that big, or is it? That's a conversation for another time. So um, we're going to cut to a quick break, and then we're going to come back and see some really cool stuff. Oh, before I go, on the screen, someone said, oh boy, UC Davis. I wanted to say something on that. That's why I pinned it there so, to, so I don't forget, but... The first time I ever saw blood boys and blood girls were at UC Davis, uh, professors within certain uh, divisions. Um, and this, we're talking 2012, 2013, where they would have rooms to um, sit down and get blood transfusion from younger people um, to kind of revile it, you know, give them more vitality, make them feel better. And that's what they were called, blood boys, blood girls. Uh, so, And most of these people were physicians doing it. So I just wanted to mention that. I have mentioned that before about blood girls and blood boys. Because um, I was kind of shocked to see it on the show called Silicon Valley on HBO. And I was like, damn, they're putting so much truth out there. Dang. Uh, everyone can see it. And they'll probably think, oh, it's just an exaggeration. Dude, that stuff happens. Uh, they were like, hey, you want to you wanna top up? I was like, no, man. They were like, besides, you look like a baby anyway. I was just like, ew. Uh, Madonna did it on her Instagram live. She was saying that she was filtering her blood and adding oxygen to it. Whatever. Maybe that's why she, you know, adopts all these kids per se. Who knows? Uh, so on that note, we're going to have a short intermission with a new sneak preview of a new song by d and on so i'll see you guys in just a bit
7: To the source, and when you get the chills, you connect it to the force, high vibrations, truth with motivations, trolls wantin' time, but it's no time for wasting, we in the work, you in the education, stop being the sheep, this is a special occasion, mayday, mayday, on the payday, payday. so we got the mobile ads, they gon' hear what we say money and power that's what they chase so we ain't on up online with no face just voices no group think we make choices you can keep that fancy talking rolls royces laptop from hell man it's so wrong and you could look it up on LookingGlass.com. glass.com in that a prince with princess and he closed his accounts and lost all the interest fake broke we gon follow the banknote, and we know you all cheated by using the fake vote and it stops right now more scandemic Got plenty of dirt with grass roots yeah. in it Eat order, Just one drop is in order And we gotta win for our sons and our daughters All of those kids that's trapped on those borders So we save the world, we ain't cutting no corners My course. body, my choice, you can keep your jabs We definitely don't need none of your poison labs in Kansas. Your itchy soup is praying to Stop thinking we sleep, we don't need your advances We taking advantage, all the cities are standing and all we had to do was follow all the commandments Plus, we had a teacher with the quantum enhancements Music started circulating all of the planets In the deep state mad now, they really can't stand it But it's funny, and we still pray for you bandits The mothership landed, pilot was right-handed But we was ready for it, the normies is going panic They wanna judge based on race Should we race blind and Gotta learn to take it case by case Why they gotta hate, you should ask for God's grace Say it out loud so they we all hear it in space? Space, space just one drop is in order and we gotta win for our sons and our daughters all of those kids that's trapped on those borders. So we save the world, we ain't cutting no corners. These quarters, just one drop is in order. And we gotta win for our sons and our daughters. All of those kids that's trapped on those borders. So we save the world, we ain't cutting no corners. Hunter, he been dealing with Chinese. And it's more to the man than the Parmesan cheese. He's a lawyer, and he sat on plenty of boards. He bought a new Porsche, cause he gotta reap the rewards. And he's smarter than you might. Think you a little blackmail put it all in the corrupt bank. He told CEFC he owned 50%, so do what he say or you won't be paying the rent. And Fauci got lies, funding gain to function research. He might need to pray, he need church. His glasses fogged up, he's double masking, trying to dodge questions. The Rand Paul asked him, The labs ain't safe, there could be a mistake. And the mask won't save you from what could escape you the swamp goes deep It needs to be drained I'm hearing this pain Just wait till it rains Just one drop is in order And we gotta win for our sons and our daughters All of those kids that's trapped on those borders So we save the world We ain't coming out no for quarters, Just one drop is in order And we gotta win for our sons and our daughters All of those kids that's trapped on those borders So we save the world we ain't got in no corner, this corner.
1: So welcome back, everyone. That was so awesome, right? So, you know, I'd love to see a collab between Tom McDonald and Dianon. And Dianon should be dope-anon, right? That was, okay, Shh, flexing my age here. That was dope. So um, it was really, it's really good, right? It's so awesome. We need to, like, get him to do some dope videos, too. That is really awesome because we could dominate it. See, music, for all you guys, just so you know, Folk songs were always telling a story. They were never about hoes and cars and you need this and you need that, right? They were always telling a story. Yeah, Upchurch too. Oh my gosh, could you imagine Upchurch and Deanna? Oh my god, I would kill for that. So, um, music has always been an art form. It tells a story. Opera is about a story. It can be sad, happy. Usually they're sad. Um, ballets, dancing. Okay, so they're not singing let's scratch that, uh, even music that you listen to is incredible. I urge all of you, whenever you're in the car by yourself and you're bored, seriously, and you can stream from your phone, go on YouTube and type in Yanni Y-A-N-N-I prelude P-R-E-L-U-D-E. Now you will not find out that, that song, that, that composition of music um, outside of that. It was live at the Acropolis. It was, uh, using some Armenian oboe thing. It was the most incredible piece of music. And if you're driving by yourself, this is when I I listened to it. Actually, I, I could tell you a fun story about that, but, um, that song takes you like, for me, it, it is like, it's taking you on a ride from chaos and everything. And then coming home, which is for me, I see it as death, right? It takes you home at the end. It's like, it's like the most amazing ride of music. So it's called the prelude. Um, I urge you when you're by yourself and you're in that, you know, going from one place to another, just listen to that. Um, that'll tell you a story with musical notes. Um, Hence why Prelude was just so awesome for me. Uh, Funny story on that. So um, I get home from the hospital. Um, Obviously, I'm dead tired. It's, you know, early in the morning. Um, Phoebe was already dropped off at her Montessori. Hera had gone off to school. No one was home. It was just me and my cat, Biscuit. So I walk in, and the sound is everywhere. That song was everywhere. And I'm like, who's playing that song? So I head into the bedroom, and there's my cat, I kid you not. Right by the Mac, he had press play. And there are so many times that he will mess. He knows where the buttons are to push it, uh, to play music. And obviously (laughs) – it's not finding Yanni at the top of the list, but that was so awesome to watch that my cat had, um, you know, um, press the button. Actually, yeah, my cat's name is Biscuit. It's spelled B-I-S-Q-U-I-T, um, so it's Biscuit. Um, yeah, so that's a funny story. So um, my kids, we call that song the Biscuit Song. Cause that was the most insane thing. He's done it before and we call it biscuit song. Um, so I guess the cat, like the Armenian ancient Armenian oboe. Um, so music is a way that we tell story, folk songs, you know, anthems through music. They tell you a story of a nation, right? They tell you a story of triumph, of trials and tribulations. Yet now we're seeing that there are very few voices that actually do that. Right. Very few voices that tell stories that will echo through the ages. Um, and these are uh some of the songs that will be echoing through the ages because they will be looked at as uh lyrical pieces. I know you're gonna be like, it's rap, it's Tom McDonald, it's Dion, it's some up church, right? But the words will be considered treasures of history. No joke. No joke. So I wanted to put that out. So let's go history lesson. I think it's important that we understand what happens, what happened after, immediately after the American Revolution. So you're going to be like, what? Well, ours is at infancy. But you want to see what happened then. So now you got to think of it in terms of, this century and what may occur. Just have a have a fancy thought about it. Just let it sit with you and think about it while you watch this. And for those not watching, you listen.
5: Think that the moment the British surrendered at Yorktown, the United States of America was born. But the truth is, transforming the idealistic ex-colonies into a fully functional nation was a long, arduous process. The new country faced years of economic hardship state governments were widely disorganized insurrections weren't uncommon and the continental congress was toothless and ineffective yet somehow the founding fathers were able to get their act together and form the country we recognize today today we're going to take a look at what happened directly after the american revolution ended but before we get started be sure to subscribe to the weird history channel And let us know in the comments below what other chapters of American history you would like to hear about.
1: So I just wanted to say before he starts, uh, listen to what he said. He said that there were insurrections, they were all disorganized, but there was a band group of people that kept their heads down and created the America we know today. Okay, just remember that. Now let's go.
5: Okay, let's head back to post-revolutionary America. Although I guess we're post-revolutionary right now, so... Let's head back to immediately post-revolutionary America. While the revolution was very popular in the colonies, the truth is not everyone was in favor of rebelling against the crown. In fact, historians believe that the number of American colonists who remained loyal to the crown ranged anywhere from 15 to 20 percent of the entire population. This fairly large segment of the community was obviously unhappy when the British surrendered at Yorktown in 1781, and with good reason. After the surrender, many of these loyalists were hunted down at their homes and beaten by gangs of so-called patriots, looking to punish them for backing the wrong side. If you're wondering, hey, why didn't you just keep your mouth shut? The truth is, they probably couldn't. While a number of people, mostly wealthy, had the luxury of being able to keep silent about their politics... Circumstances made it such that most colonists had to publicly choose a faction. So when the British started pulling out of the States, many of the loyalists wisely went with them. The prime minister of Britain during the revolution was Frederick North, second Earl of Guilford, or Lord North for short. As prime minister, Lord North generously lowered the bar for his successors by losing the war and then resigning in disgrace. North tried to end the revolution by diplomatic means. He offered a conciliation plan that promised the British would end all oppression of the colonies if the colonists ended the rebellion. Spoiler alert, the colonists did not take the deal. By the time the war ended, North was exhausted by the tension between the two countries and felt badly burned out from the stress of his position. It's said that when Lord Cornwallis surrendered at Yorktown, Lord North took the news like a bullet to the chest, repeatedly exclaiming, Oh, God, it's all over. The British waved the white flag at the Battle of Yorktown on October 17th, 1781, but their withdrawal from the colonies didn't happen overnight. In fact, it took quite a while for them to get everyone out. As late as July 11th, 1782, British Royal Governor Sir James Wright and military personnel under his command fled Georgia for South Carolina. Wright's goal was to escape the colonies via the Atlantic Ocean. Several of his ships sailed for New York, while others went to Florida or the West Indies. As for Wright himself, he eventually made it back to London, where he died three years later. While the British surrender happened at the Battle of Yorktown, the war itself was technically not over for quite a while afterwards. Official peace talks in Paris commenced a full year after the surrender in 1782, The British were represented at the talks by Richard Oswald, while the Americans were represented by luminaries like John Jay, John Adams, and Benjamin Franklin. The two sides hammered out preliminary articles of peace, which were signed at the Hotel Dior on November 30, 1782. This agreement brought America and Britain closer to the conclusion of the conflict and would become the basis for a formal treaty several years later. In 1783, the Continental Congress would ratify a preliminary version of the treaty. The agreement was then fleshed out a bit more, and the final version was ratified on January 14, 1784. The British then ratified the treaty April 9, 1784, and on May 12, 1784, the ratified versions were exchanged in Paris. Nothing quite as exciting as a good ratification exchange. The final treaty of Paris was the product of many months of negotiation and politics. Per its terms, England was required to recognize the former colonies as an independent nation. The British were also required to give the Americans control of the territory between the Allegheny Mountains and the Mississippi River, and let American fishermen fish in Canadian waters. The Americans agreed not to persecute British loyalists or block British creditors from collecting debts owed by former colonists. The Americans also agreed to return a great deal of the property taken during the conflict. In November of 1783, the last British soldiers departed from New York. With them were thousands of loyalists and former slaves. The event was celebrated in the new country and became a holiday known as Evacuation Day. The British, understandably, were a tad bitter about it. As a parting shot before they left, they nailed their flag to a pole and greased it up so it would be hard to remove. The British, such pranksters. The flag was eventually removed by a soldier named John Van Arsdale who scaled the pole and replaced the British flag with an American one? For years after, celebrations of evacuation day would typically include a reenactment of Van Arsdale's daring climb. Just one month after the British troops left the country, General George Washington, the commander of the US Army, resigned his post. Washington's move was seen as a patriotic act that demonstrated a commitment to his country over any desire he had for personal power. It made him even more popular than he already was, and he was already trending to begin with. The former commander returned to his home at Mount Vernon, Virginia. He remained there until his countrymen made it clear they wanted him to enter the forthcoming election and become the new country's first president. In the 1780s, an economic crisis swept through Massachusetts, forcing numerous farmers deep into debt. The state refused to forgive the debts, and many of the farmers lost their property or were thrown in jail. An anger began to foment. And given that many of these farmers were the same revolutionaries who had fought the British, they eventually took up arms against the government. When the Revolutionary War first started, Daniel Shays was just a farmhand. But after joining the Continental Army, he saw action in several battles, including the Battle of Lexington, the Battle of Concord, the Battle of Bunker Hill, and the Battle of Saratoga. By the 1780s, Shays, now a savvy war vet, retired from the army and returned home to Massachusetts to find himself in trouble with the law for non-payment of debts. He became active in the emerging anti-government movement and soon found himself leading 4,000 rebels in a massive protest against economic injustice and widespread abuses of civil rights. However, while the revolution was ultimately a success, Shays' rebellion was not. The governor of Massachusetts, James Bowdoin, assembled his own militia and proceeded to crush the rebels. For what it's worth, siding against the citizens of his own state wound up costing the governor at the ballot box, and he was defeated in a landslide in the following election. In 1777, representatives of the original 13 states drafted the initial document that would outline American society, the Articles of Confederation. However, after America actually won its independence and became a functioning nation, it quickly became clear that the articles were badly in need of some revision. For example, the original articles didn't give the federal government any power to effect change, regulate the nation, or tax the people. A growing consensus emerged that a constitution was needed. So on February 21, 1787, the Confederation Congress called for a convention to propose a new form of government. Delegates were sent to Philadelphia to craft the new governing document. Over the next several months, various plans for the new federal government were presented and debated. Eventually, compromises were reached, and after a signing ceremony on September 17, 1787, the United States Constitution was completed. While the Constitution is considered the backbone of American democracy today, it wasn't an immediate hit with everyone. In fact, it took several years for all of the states to ratify it. While there weren't formal political parties yet, factions quickly emerged around those in favor of the new Constitution, known as Federalists, or Cosmopolitans, and those who were against it, known as Anti-Federalists, or Localists. The first five states to ratify were Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Georgia, and Connecticut. Several of the other states had serious misgivings, the document failed to protect basic human rights, such as freedom of speech and religion. To rectify the situation, 10 amendments, known as the Bill of Rights, were quickly added to the Constitution. Meanwhile, Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, and John Jay undertook a relentless campaign to convince New York, then a firmly anti-federalist state, to support the new plan. The three men wrote numerous essays under the pseudonym Publius. Today, these commentaries, famously known as the Federalist Papers, are often cited by the US Supreme Court as evidence of the Framer's own contemporary understanding of the language in the Constitution. By its own terms, the minimum number of states required to ratify the document was nine. And after much public debate, that number was reached on June 21st. By the end of July, another two signed on, and the process of starting up the new government began. The United States of America held its first presidential election under the new Constitution in 1789. The rules of this first election were extremely different than the laws governing elections today. For example, only white male property owners were allowed to cast votes. Also, the candidate who got the second highest number of votes would become vice president, an arrangement that didn't work out too well and was changed relatively quickly. In addition to General George Washington, there were seven other candidates in that first election, including John Adams. John Jay, John Rutledge, John Hancock, hmm, John a popular name, Samuel Huntington, Benjamin Lincoln, and George Clinton, who was the governor of New York, and not the guy from Parliament Funkadelic. In what will come as no surprise to anyone, the election was won by the massively popular George Washington, who, in something that would be inconceivable to Americans today, was the unanimous choice of both factions, Federalists and Anti-Federalists. He would be sworn into office on April 30th, 1789, and henceforth be known as the father of the country. So what do you think? How do you think the founding fathers did? Let us know in the comments below.
1: So where do you guys think we're at right now? We're at the part where the revolution is almost over and we need to see which side is bigger and louder. We already know where the numbers lie. I already told you it's 120 million strong. So this is all you need to see for now. That'll come more into focus the end of August. Now what we see is a growing hate for what our nation stands for. What we see is an attack on the very foundations of this nation. And Chris, Chris, Chris actually made it really clear, and I think he puts it perfectly. They hate America, which means they want to change it and destroy it. You see where we're at now? That cusp, where they're going to bring back the initial, who was the initial? It was George Washington, duh. And then they voted him in unanimously, all the factions that had been created across the nation.
10: Howdy, 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 and welcome to it, everybody. The Chris Salcedo Show on Newsmax TV. Now, for most of last week and all of this week, the Salcedo Show has been focused on several aspects of socialist Democrat hate. We've detailed the left's racism against blacks and Latinos. We've sounded the alarm about their teaching Marxism and hatred of whites through taxpayer-funded, government-run schools, And now we can add another element to the left's hate, anti-Semitism, the Socialist Democrat Party, the home of hate in America, combating the real big lie in tonight's preamble. The biased press and Socialist Democrat Party claim that liberals are tolerant, rational and scientific people. Now, that's just a big lie. The cancerous cancel culture does not respect diversity of thought. Socialists routinely dismiss actual science when it conflicts with their political needs. And in recent weeks, Democrats have shown a watching world that they take a backseat to no one when it comes to bigotry. After Senator Tim Scott delivered a stirring and God-centered rebuttal to Joe Biden's joint session rebuke of American values, leftist Democrats came out of the woodwork to blast him. Twitter allowed the term Uncle Tim to trend on their social media, unfair social media platform. Scott was deemed the equivalent of a race traitor being depicted by one MSNBS commentator as someone who wasn't smart enough to think for himself, quote, having his strings pulled. The Democrats' ugly intolerance culminated with one of their party chairman, Gary O'Connor, using a racial slur to describe Senator Scott, calling him an Oreo. Now, parents of all races, colors, and creeds have been shocked by Joe Biden's party and their unabashed hate. Parents who believe wholeheartedly in Dr. Martin Luther King's vision for America have started showing up at school board meetings. Parents are letting Democrats know that Americans will not tolerate left-wing efforts to teach racism and hate to our kids. We will no longer allow them to divide us.
6: In the words of Martin Luther King Jr., I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Now I have a dream that we will implement love, not hate, or supporting another Jim Crow's agenda. CRT is not an honest dialogue, it is a tactic that was used by Hitler and the Ku Klux Klan on slavery very many years ago to dumb down my ancestors, so we could not think for ourselves. CRT is racist, it is abusive, it discriminates against one's color. Let me educate you, an honest dialogue does not oppress. An honest dialogue does not implement hatred or injustice, it's to communicate with deceiving, without deceiving people. Today, we don't need your agreement. We want action in the backbone for what we asked for today, to ban CRT. We don't want your political advertisement to divide our children or belittle them. Think twice if we indoctrinate such racist theories. You cannot tell me what is or is not racist. Look at me. I had to come down here today to tell you to your face that we are coming together and we are strong. This will not be the last. Greet and meet respectfully.
10: Loudoun County, Virginia. CRT, critical race theory. America deserved to hear that mom's entire speech. You know, it took a lot of courage for her to stand against Democrats and their hatred. Sadly, Joe Biden doesn't have that kind of courage. Rockets are raining down on America's greatest ally in the Middle East, Israel. The best Biden can do was to say that Israel had the right to defend itself after he condemned Israel for not doing enough to de-escalate the situation terrorists in hamas began firing a barrage of rockets toward israeli territory on monday evening total of seven people including a soldier and a six-year-old child have been killed in israel more than 150 others have been injured there have been casualties and injuries in the palestinian territory as well after israel retaliated but the anti-semites who control a large swath of the democrat party began to pipe up right away aoc blasted biden's statement accusing him of supporting israel (laughs) an american ally she tweeted quote By only stepping in to name Hamas's actions, which are condemnable, and refusing to acknowledge the rights of Palestinians, Biden reinforces the false idea that Palestinians instigated this cycle of violence. This is not neutral language. It takes aside the side of occupation. (laughs) Pot calling the kettle black. That word occupation has been used by terrorists for decades to justify the extermination of the Jews. AOC, a prominent Democrat just used it. Other bigoted members of the squad took to TV platforms that encourage and allow Jew haters to spew their venom.
1: We need to stop and look at the fact that our own country is enabling it with billions of dollars every year being issued to Israel, even
6: though they are promoting racism and dehumanization.
1: All right. So there's a few things we need to unpack here. One, Hamas and Hezbollah. Two, the Palestinians, and three, the Israelis. Now, the Palestinians aren't all Hamas, definitely not Hezbollah. Hezbollah and Hamas have gotten money from Biden, via Iran, which has given the money to Hezbollah and Hamas. Palestinians, we've done a Palestinian show before, did not want this. So, I want to make it clear. Palestinians did not want this. King Abdullah has been a strong ally to ensure that there are talks between the two. Yes? So, what you need to see is that there is a big difference to agitation and the people. Are you Antifa? No. If they started bombing Portland, would you be upset if other Portlanders were being killed? Yes. Now, the problem is, are the Palestinians taking care of their business? Are the Palestinians saying, stop Hamas, stop Hezbollah, fuck you, Iran, we don't need your money, okay? That's the question we need to ask, because right now the Palestinians have the right to be enraged because they're not doing it. But the others are doing it. And who are the others? Wait, we're going to unpack this so you can understand, because there's three different fronts we're talking about.
10: And then we come full circle. You see Rashida M.F. Talib there offering an idiotic justification for violence against the Jews just accuse them of being racist, then it's okay for Hamas and other terrorists to bomb the hell out of Israel. It's the same rationale the Democrats use in America to justify the violence their BLM and Antifa thugs have been dishing out on our streets for over a year now. Now, why is it so important for Americans to recognize that socialist Democrats are the home of hate in the United States? The simple answer is so that our fellow citizens will recognize that liberals lack any credibility to lecture any of us on hate. Their very justification for destroying the United States is they claim the U.S. is a racist, hate-filled nation founded on hate and bigotry. The reason the anti-American leftists posit this absurd claim is so that you won't fight against them. Nobody wants to be called a racist or a hater. Remember the Chris Salcedo Show axiom, liberals project qualities onto others that they themselves have in abundance. But now that you've seen that the hate is what drives and consumes left-wing extremists in this country, you can simply ignore them. You can dismiss their lies for what they are. An effort to remove your constitutional protections and a vain attempt to hide the haters they truly
1: are. Now, let's take perspective of what's going on there. Let's now pretend... That all the little snowflakes, well, they're not all snowflakes. They're actual operatives that have been trained. Let's take BLM, Sunrise Movement, Rise Up, Butterfly Sanctuary. uh, What else? The radicalized drag queen story time. All of them, right? Let's pretend that they start bombing Canada, okay? They all start bombing Canada. Canada fires back, right? Canada's just firing right back. You're just like, well, hold on a second, dude. It's just these, these dildo waivers here, right? With, you know, rocket launchers. It's not us, right? I want you to understand that. And they're like, well, what are you doing about it, Joe? When they're shooting rocket launchers from your freaking country, right? Fix it. So let's remember that. I want you to think of it in that perspective that you've got your BLM, Unabombers trashing, burning things, but with rocket launchers shooting them at Canada. Canada is going to fire back. And they're going to be like, nah, man. You're going to be like, no, 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 no. We're not doing it. Well, then stop them. Uh, Crickets. Well, then take some more fire. I just wanted to simplify it. It's not that simple because there's more countries involved in this whole thing. But I wanted you to make that distinction rather than jump on, Anti-Jew trains, anti-Palestinian trains, anti-this train. Because now we're going to go back in time to, well, it was yesterday, wasn't it? Where he did a little preview of what Joe Biden's um, pre-Trump Middle East. This is what Biden's doing. So if you want to say who's responsible for everything going on down right there, it's Biden flexing his muscle because the Chinese have his balls in the vice. I mean, they are business partners. So
10: quick. It only took four months. Joe Biden has managed to wreak havoc on our nation and the world. Inflation is at 13 year highs. There are multiple crises on the southern border, and rockets are raining down on Israel. Let's take a live look right now. We just learned that our allies in the Israeli Defense Forces have just launched a combination ground and air operation into the Gaza Strip. Turn to me now to break down uh, the breaking news. The Daily Wire's Michael Knowles show and author of Speechless, the host himself and the author himself, Michael Knowles. Uh, Michael, really quickly, uh, breaking news right now. Israel going in to defend itself. Most common uh, folks would say that's pretty much their right to do. Of course, the the Democrat socialists here in the United States don't feel that way. What say you? Uh, Well, it seems.
1: Before we hear them. I want you to listen to something the only sides that exist in all of this turmoil, our own nation's turmoil and the turmoil of other nations is humanity and those that are evil. It's good versus evil. What you are hearing about happening in the Middle East right now is evil. But there's a lot of good too. I believe there's a lot of good. That's why I'm here. Even in Stories told to you from a young age. There was always that nth hour where the angels sneak in to save even one person that's good. So you must understand the only side you should be on is good. Never advocate for more pain. Never advocate for death. Never advocate for someone else's punishment. Now I say this with a really, really tough you know, personally, I am torn. I find pleasure in someone being held accountable, right? Or a nation, right? But at the same time, I shouldn't have that. All of you shouldn't be jumping on any, any trains. No matter how much I loathe humanity because it's more evil, more evil, prevalent, than good. It doesn't mean that the good can't outshine the evil. So, I want you guys to not jump on trains. I want you to try to put it into your mind the way you would see it. If Portland suddenly shooted, started shooting rockets and missiles into Canada, do you want them to start bombing Nebraska, or you know, or even Portland or Seattle? Or, you know, Walla Walla, Washington, that's a real place,
6: right?
1: Um, You wouldn't want that because it's not fair. But then on the other hand, Canada feels they need to defend themselves. And they're like, well, we're going to keep shooting until you get those groups under control. And then the question is, what if the people have no control? What if they have... A regime in Palestine like we do here that allow them to burn things, that allow them to use rocket launchers and kill anyone that stands in their way. On one hand you will say self-preservation and they do not speak. Can you fault them? How many of you have enacted in self-preservation without bombs coming to your face or people ruthlessly chopping off your head. So we all have to take a seat and watch and learn and pray because what you're seeing in the Middle East is no different than what's happening here, in a sense. So there is less good being shown. Standing on the moon, I can tell you, 63% of what this biodome puts out from humanity is evil. The rest is good. And not because good isn't as strong, but it's not as prevalent. And we have to remember that because we live in very polarized times right now. And people like to take a side. This is why people beat the shit out of each other at soccer games in Europe. They could be having drinks outside of, you know, the stadium. And then the minute West Ham loses, they'll lose their shit and they'll start beating each other up to death. You see that with fans everywhere, just with games. Imagine when it comes to country. Imagine the radicalization when it comes to ideologies or religion. This is why you need to remove yourself from the situation and see it as it is. There's other forces here working. It aren't the Palestinian man, woman, and child sitting in a building somewhere scared to death. It's not the Jewish population that's near the strip that has to sit down under raids. That's what's important. So as we examine this, you have to understand that it's not the people. It's something else.
8: Perfectly reasonable to me for a nation to defend itself. And I I don't understand quite how the left in America has gotten so confused over this issue. There's a country called Israel. There is a disputed territory called the Palestinian Territories. And it's filled with Palestinian Arabs who in 2006 elected Hamas. They've made pretenses uh, for a nation state. They want to be recognized as a nation.
1: This is so polarizing. They elected Hamas. Did you elect Biden? Moving along. I don't see
8: how it is in any way in the interest of the United States to give Hamas a a national recognition. And so they provoke Israel and Israel responds. Makes perfect sense to me. I suppose what's really so sad about this, beyond the loss of human life, this chaos in the region, is that things had been going relatively quite well under the Trump administration. The reason for this is that Trump pursued a radically different approach in the Middle East and specifically in Israel than the foreign policy establishment had. You had John Kerry, former Secretary of State, come out in 2016 and say, there will be no separate peace in the Middle East without first dealing with the Palestinian problem. Trump comes in and he says, says, nope, that's totally nonsense. I'm gonna completely ignore the Palestinian issue. I'm gonna go directly to actual Arab nation states and directly to Israel. You had a doubling of the number of Arab states that recognized Israel, historic peace deals, and then in comes Joe Biden. He completely rips that up, goes back to the same old strategy, and what what are you gonna do? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Now we're just seeing a return to the pre-Trump Middle East.
1: So let me unpack that for you because, you know, Middle East is my thing. President Trump, what he did was he realized that there's something else in the mix here. It's not the Israelis and it's not the Palestinians. It's something else. So what he did was he went to the Arab nations and he said, listen, stop funding shit like this. We got to We got to sort this out. This is bullshit. These people have been there for a while. They want to be independent They're working with the Israelis. Let's do this. You need to acknowledge Israel so that way we can have some peace and that way they can go on working together. Right? This is how we do it. Kind of like Native American reservations. Catch my drift. Right? We're taking over, but we're giving you your territory. Get it? So he tried to bring that in. Joe Biden comes in with a sledgehammer and completely fucks it up by bringing any relations we had with these Arab nations. And how you saw it was Qatar dropping tons of cash into the Horn of Africa, Liberia, Somalia, and in comes Erdogan, Mr. Chief Muslim Brotherhood, that was the only person supporting Iran. This is very important. Now, you have... The same kind of, all right, we're never going to win this. We just got to sell it, set, settle this somehow. We could do the same thing we did when we came in to the United States of America and took over. This is what war does. Borders change. Okay. Borders change. You can't undo. Borders have changed now in the Middle East. People don't like it. They're upset. This is what you're seeing now. What you didn't see in the American history, you're seeing now between Israel and Palestine. So President Trump did the best thing he could to ensure an amicable solution that, of course, people aren't going to like, but whatever, right? It is what it is. It's not our war to fight, but we need neutralization of what's bringing up all this turmoil in the Middle East, and they're, you know, this is how he was solving this issue, which in even our war. But as long as they're in turmoil and people don't say, "All right, let's let's just you know let's just find a solution," it's going to keep going. And this is why we had that peaceful kind of lull. But they were emboldened by Biden. Why? Because he needs war now. He needs war now. People are realizing that he is not justified in the position he sits. People are realizing the corruption and how wide it is with him playing a really central role. And that will unfold in the next week with China, with energy, we're gonna revisit the energy and the pipeline. I just don't wanna say, I've said way too much anyway, but we've gotta get it together. The crash in the crypto market just so happened to be when we paid out $5 million, you know, to some guy through Bitcoin, I'm just saying. Then we have Elon Musk talking about green energy and, killing coal because for some reason, cryptocurrency causes coal emissions. And I kind of tweeted out to him today. I was like, um, is it carbon we're going after? Is it nitrogen? Pay attention. What you're seeing now is history that has already happened here. Different players, different time. I want you to think of what you are seeing with this territory. No, one's going to like the answer in war in borders being rewritten, nobody likes it. The next one's going to be with Kurdistan. That shit's going to be fire. It's already going. But like President Trump said, we don't need to fight wars that are thousands of years old right now. It's not our business. But the problem with the Israelis is, is that if we don't sort this Israeli-Palestinian issue, it causes unrest within the region because everybody else around them is salty as fuck. And don't forget, they're a nation among nations The shit ton of nukes. We don't need that right now. And when people feel the need to defend themselves, that's what they do. So this is very, very important. Do not take sides. There is no side. It's done and dusted. That war has happened. Now it's the settlement period. Go revisit our history. And what happened with the American Indian? You get the the express train on that one. You just oh, there was a battle here and there was a battle there and they got this land. And you need to revisit that because that's exactly what we're doing now. But different players, different times, different circumstances, and different era altogether. There's no muskets and skinning of scalps. This is push the button and I explode you. So... I I wanted to bring that into perspective for people to understand. This is not our war. It is theirs. Their war has already been done, but Biden has just funded a war. And this is so he can distract. So the question is, what is he distracting? We all know what he's distracting, right?
10: No, I'm with you. I don't think it's an accident that Joe Biden gets into the Oval Office and all of a sudden uh, the Middle East is destabilized once again. Um, It's what happens when you put children in charge of foreign policy. Speaking of which, let's talk about Liz Cheney, shall we? Uh, You tweeted, quote, can't believe the GOP ousted Liz Cheney even after she received the coveted O.J. Simpson endorsement. (laughs) By the way, great line. I love that. But, But I think Cheney and her surrender caucus is indicative of a bigger problem the Republicans have, no?
8: Of course, and at this point, uh, Liz Cheney has spent most of her time going to left-wing news outlets, spouting left-wing talking points, using the same left-wing cheap rhetoric and attacking the conservative president and other, other conservative members of the House. So so certainly th- th- she has no business running in Republican leadership in the House. Th- the problem, though, with Republicans is that Republicans always manage to clutch defeat from the jaws of victory. So they finally oust Liz Cheney. No one, even her squishy buddy Adam Kinzinger, was going to defend her. But now they're looking to replace her with a more liberal member of the Republican caucus. They're trying to replace her with Elise <laughs> Stefanik. This, this seems absolutely ridiculous. Leave it to the GOP to to make a bad situation worse, though I I have seen reports, I don't know if they're verified or not, that uh, Representative Chip Roy is considering throwing his hat in the ring as an actual conservative to uh, run the House Republican conference. That would be a wonderful thing. And I I really hope that Republicans don't squander this opportunity to get an actual conservative in there to help run things.
10: Yeah, smart guy and from Texas. I I know him well. Uh, Because of Biden's amateur economic policies, inflation, as we said off the top 13 year high. And despite record record job openings, I think the numbers are 8 million. We've never had so many job openings. Employers can't fill those jobs. On my radio show this morning, I spoke with Glenn Hammer, CEO of Texas Association of Business. Listen to this.
8: I'm gonna break news here. We're gonna soon send a letter in a few minutes to Governor Abbott and the Texas Workforce Commission asking them to seriously consider not taking the $300 federal supplement as we all work together to get every last Texan back to work.
10: Michael, he did a survey of, of, I think it was 170 businesses. 80% of them told him the reason why we can't get people to come back to work is they're making too much money sitting at home, which is, of course, Democrat socialist economic policies. But we've got we got an economy to get back together, right?
8: I've heard this from so many small business owners here in Tennessee, they can't find people to take the jobs because they can't compete with the government paychecks. So what we're seeing right now is proof of that old communist line that history repeats itself first as tragedy, then as farce. I was not around during the Jimmy Carter years, but I'm seeing gas lines. I'm seeing inflation. I'm seeing, I, probably we will see a stagnant economy if the government stops uh, fooling around with things. And I'm seeing a crisis in the Middle East. So uh, it, it would appear to me that I'm I'm getting the opportunity to live through the Jimmy Carter years in an even more farcical way. And ain't that a shame?
10: Yeah. Last thing I want to talk to you about, because the Chris Salcedo show has been talking about critical race theory all week long. I know it's on your radar screen as well. As a matter of fact, the conservative movement has been the only one paying attention to the teaching of what I call the hate whitey program in government run schools. I have.
1: Well, you guys had a whiff of that last year when I had to pull my daughter out of school. Cause she had to read a book and write a report about how embarrassed she is of her skin color. And uh, that's why I was like, you know, I'd rather um, cut back, on expenditures and you know other things, I had to sequester my data, let's say, to rent another place so she can go to school that didn't do that. So you guys knew it before they talked about it because see, it takes a while until real news comes into the news and that sucks. You they only bring it to the news when it suits them. I have
10: my solutions of what I think solves this problem. What do you think? Here's my solution
8: ban it from the schools. I think there are three options here. You can either have critical race theory in schools, teaching people to hate their country and hate white people and hate men and all this sort of nonsense. Uh, you can have the open curriculum. Maybe some teachers can teach it. Maybe some people can teach an alternative. And then there's the third option, which is ban it. And you got to ban it. And conservatives need to get comfortable with banning it. Uh, conservatives of a prior generation understood this. But cr- uh, critical race theory is the f- sort of thought that stops Thought it undermines our faculties of reason. It undermines our love of country. It it undermines the reality itself. Yeah. You got to boot that out. It's actually contrary to education to have this stuff in schools.
10: That's another great line. I'm going to steal. Thought that stops thought. Michael Knowles. <laughs> always appreciate the. T-
1: so someone asked the question, "Why does it suit them now?" Well, look at where the Republican Party is right now. They sat there going out with a slight whimper in the dark when the elections were stolen and they're losing ground. No one's giving them money. I mean, I've unsubscribed a million times from places, right? And they just keep spamming me. Send us money, send us money, join your GOP, this, this, this. They want to find something that irritates you. They want to find something that you'll agree with, right? because they don't agree with the fact that it's four plus two and you just want president Trump back in the seat. You know, yesterday I was, uh, you guys know I'm literally in the process of moving for better security. And I had gone to go get some security things over at Best Buy. And the guy that was servicing me, um, you know, literally look like a unicorn, right? Colored hair, the whole nine yards, your typical, uh, you know, liberal. And, you know, the guy was like, well, we can arrange it for that time, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not leaving Cleveland, by the way. I can't leave Ohio yet. And, um, uh, how the conversation came, someone said something. He's like, I know like my friend down in this place. And I don't even remember, doesn't have gas. And I was like, yep. Don't you wish president Trump was back? But you know, he hurt feelings. He's like, no, he was a good, I voted for him. And I was like, damn, this guy has like better sparkle nail polish, like better nails than I did. I I mean, I just keep mine simple. Right. Um, totally to the T with his hair, double masked, right. And said that. And I was just like, dang, like I said, 120 million strong. People aren't stupid. And the more garbage they're being fed, the, you know, the more they realize just how it is. And so the GOP is trying to attract on the really crazy shit, like critical race theory, which now the liberals are like, yeah, you know, some of them are just like, uh, I think that's like overdoing Right. So, I'm just saying, you know, that person took me by surprise and, you know, it was super bizarre. And I just, I, I I pushed a little bit and I was like, you did vote for him? He's like, yeah, I mean, I totally wanted Biden and Harris, but then I thought the guy's been in for like so long and I hate Trump. I loathe him, but at least the nation felt safer. And he said that out loud. And I was like, wow, that's 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 really important. He's like, yeah, I don't tell my friends that though. So amongst themselves, they tell each other that they hate Trump and they voted for Biden, but they never did. And you know who voted for Biden? It's the old same haircut ladies that, you know, you could tell are the apologetic ones. The ones that you could be like, are you offending me right now? And they get all flustered and shit, right? Uh, <laughs> those. The ones that have the Biden stickers are either super cray-cray Antifa or the teachers, you know, that are just been brainwashed over the years. Right. Um, So I like to use the word uh, I'm offended. I, I totally use that all the time. And now at the local Costco, where is it? I think in Strongsville, their manager, Josh already knows me. He greeted me to the door yesterday when I went to go get water your mask. And I was like, CDC said I don't have to wear it, but okay, Karen. Fuck's sake, Nazi. <laughs> that's exactly what I said and walked off. Like, that's all I say now to that guy. He's just totally, no. <laughs> I'm so upset with all of this. I get so irritated, you know, at very well, yesterday I was a hot mess anyway. So it was bad that Josh, whatever his name is, walked up to me and wanted to talk. All I call him is Karen. Um, I was really, really, <laughs> really upset. Um, literally I was disheveled that Mona Lisa picture. She looked better than me. Uh, cause I was everywhere yesterday. I had so much, which by the way, housekeeping before we go today. Um, I will be doing, um, movie night on Sunday. I will be doing a show on Saturday as well, because, uh, on Tuesday I have a personal, um, court thing, so I won't be able to make it. And then on the 19th, I won't be able to make it either because I have other stuff that I'm dealing with that I can't talk about that I'll be tied up with on the 20th. I'm tr- i am going to be traveling, but I'll still do my show. So I just wanted to say, um, you know, the 18th is going to be a great day for me. I'll share it with you guys on the 20th. Um, maybe I can do an extended story, um, where I'll be traveling. Um, And so, or maybe I can, you know, Patrick's now headed off to like become a hermit to write his book. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we can do a stereo in the in-between. But I won't be able to do a show only because of my time constraints. So uh, it's going to be interesting um, how things are going to pan out. You're going to see a lot coming out of Arizona. I mean, it's already come out, right? They already know that Biden never won and no one's talking about it. And that's what sucks. Uh, It sucks a lot because all we get is lies, lies, and more lies. And soon the the actual video slash song that I will share again with you today will slowly make sense. I I think I keep repeating things in order for people to kind of get it, right? So on that note um, we'll play this and end it with a little bit of Tom McDonald. Uh, can't cancel me. So I hope that this show is one of the most important ones, obviously the first hour. So that way it can come into focus as to what's been happening and why. And the elaboration on the data. Well, like I said, a couple years ago and in 2020, all you have to do is look into a patent where actors and performers are, I think, athletes specific, you'll be able to find it. Don't even have to exist. They're all virtual. God bless everyone.
4: Space station about to break a big record tonight. Here's ABC's Gio Benitez.
8: They call it the Peggy factor, mission controls code word for the way superstar astronaut Peggy Whitson always always gets the job done
5: i love it up here
8: tonight commander whitson making history with her record for any american by the time she lands in september her tally will be 666
7: 666
4: days in space the greatest trick
0: the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist
9: I could turn the page and time that I'd rearrange just a day or two. Close my, close my, close my eyes. Then I couldn't find a way. So I settled for one
0: day to believe.